0: Hello, welcome to Human Tech, an intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hey, Guthrie. And uh, I, what I want to do is, um, do you ever listen to the Five Thirty Eight Politics podcast?
1: Um, I try not to. Oh well, they they
0: have a really good <laughs> one where they 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 have a uh, they it's it's a, when they talk about their model. Yeah. They, they they say it at the they like the two people do it at the same time. They're like, This is model talk.
1: Oh, do you want to do that?
0: Yeah. What are we just gonna say? So we can do like a like a like a this is human tech. Alright, you ready? Okay. So, all right, but you gotta do it in the same cadence I did, alright? Alright, ready? Yeah. And this
1: oh, oh no, do it again. Okay.
0: And this This is,
1: is human tech human tech. Okay. That wasn't ex- too good we'll um, have to work on that we'll have to work on that i and the reason i don't listen to 538 is not because they're not a great podcast well i don't know if they are because i don't listen to them but um, you don't
0: need to it's fine you don't you don't have to i just explain no, why
1: you really it. yeah, it's fine okay
0: um so uh today we're talking about uh intel and moore's law and uh amd because um they are in the news. Uh, so I guess, and, and uh, here, here's here's the, the big um, topic that I really want to discuss okay. with you today yes. is, you know, over the past, I mean, user UX, user experience, has obviously become a much bigger deal over the, would you say, the last 10 years?
1: Well, I always thought it was a big deal, but yes, in terms C- of... Culturally relevant. I guess
0: so, yeah. So, uh, one of the things that, uh, it, it just so happens. You know, yeah. Moore's Law, um, which I guess for those of you who didn't know, there more when people say Moore's Law, they're really talking about two, More technically had two different laws that are really just the same thing together.
1: Which we probably should, like, describe at some point, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to do it right now. Oh, so, go for it. So, um, the first is, is that, over time, the, the the shorthand is that processors get better, okay, and they get uh, probably the, in a computer. And technically, it is the number of transistors on a die in a given millimeter square millimeter surface um, doubles. What is it like every two years or something like what that?
1: What is a die?
0: So, if you think about. Um, uh, have you ever seen a delitted CPU?
1: Oh my god, no. <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
0: Um okay, so picture in your head a CPU, a modern desktop CPU.
1: Uh a computer processing unit? Yes. Okay. Right? A well, little
0: square thing with yeah, the metal a circuit, thing on like top. Yeah, it's
1: circuit. Like a circuit and it's got you know, mm. soldering and
0: Well, yeah, well, okay. So
1: just, You're just talking about, about one of the little tiles.
0: I'm talking about one of the little tiles. But but okay. so so when you hold up an Intel chip, it's like a two inch by two inch little yes. square. Okay, good. And well, it's got, got the metal there. square. It's like it's like it's got the green silicone substrate. But then it has, and and for for those of you, uh, of you listening who are actually really good experts, I'm sure I'm getting something wrong. But so you have you have your kind of silicon, kind of su- substrate underneath, that's okay. green. And on top of that, you have like there's like a little metal metal square on top of it. Yeah, If you can kind of picture that in your head, yeah. That metal square on top, that's just a heat. That's it's just a heat transfer device. Okay. It's just a it's just a fancy cover. So you can pop those off, and you'll actually see the actual CPU um, underneath underneath it. And a lot of modern um, computer CPUs, they they have you know they have integrated graphics okay so when you pop that off usually there's actually two of them on there sometimes okay and they're about the same size and they're about the size of like a kidney bean all right right so so the actual cpu itself
1: is a kidney bean
0: is like the is a, is a kidney bean but then but then there's the you know that's you know that's that's like the ch- and it's called like the chipset so all right so like on that little thing there's all this other stuff but the thing that's generating all the heat that's the actual, that's doing like the floating point, or not floating point, but the, the, the different, you know, cal- hardcore calculations that we would consider the CPU. That's actually even much smaller. And so what Moore says is that, the, is that the number of transistors in that little thing yeah. um, will double. What is it? Is it every two years? Every or two
1: years, yeah. yeah I'm looking two- at uh, Wikipedia here. Moore's Law, which is the guy it's named after. His name is Gordon Moore, M O O R E, and uh, it's the observation that the number of transistors in a dense integrated circuit doubles yep. about every two years. Now, it's, it's not it doesn't double because it like reproduces itself, <laughs> right? No. He he meant that the technology would allow us to put. more transistors in one of those circuits twice as many about every two years so
0: for the so so and do you know about what what year this was
1: yes this was in um uh let's see it says it's interesting because according to wikipedia which isn't always just accurate you can just give
0: me a year. it's great
1: Okay, in 1965, he said it would double every year. But in 1975, okay. he said it uh, would double every two years. Okay, so
0: we'll do 1975. And okay. so for like 30 years, it was really, really true. I mean, if you look at the charts and graphs, it's really, really yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'm looking at the chart. And you know, and you, you, you got to experience this.
1: Me personally? Yeah. I was a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you know. No, I wasn't a toddler, but uh, yes, I I did experience it. I remember, I remember
0: eight hundred megabyte hard drives and very, you know, it's just like, like I mean, and and that's density um, on platter density on hard drives is another. That's a different law, but that's kind of the same thing. So, but but so what happens is is that you have, you know, these limitations of software, and what it requires is really good software to overcome the hardware limitations. You mean because
1: you said that there were limitations of software, but you meant hardware.
0: No no no. I I, I mean software.
1: You mean software. Okay.
0: And then the limitations are I mean the limitations are the hardware, right? So like if all you have is an Intel eighty eighty six processor, the classic. Yeah. You can like run like a typing like program. That, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's like all you can do and if you want to do more than that if you want to have a user interface for example you have to get really really creative um, and that's that's where they invented the, ch- the chewy the character user interface where you use you know characters on the screen to you know artificially make a user interface um, you'd, have to, you'd have to get creative if you wanted your software to be better. You had to do a better job with software.
1: Okay, isn't that still true?
0: So, well, the problem. So, but, okay, what happened though is that for the last thirty years, software companies got bailed out because every two years the processing power was doubling. And so, that's true. So you were able to
1: do a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you were able to make a lot of changes.
0: Well, so so it's like okay. So just let's let's just pick it this way. Okay, let's say we design a car, all right. Okay. And we do a horrible design job, right? Okay. It's just like it's like a terrible car. Okay. You know, it's uncomfortable. Barely works. It's just poorly. Doesn't get
1: good gas mileage. Yeah.
0: But then, for like a dollar, the the next year.
1: Yeah. We just, instead of, we we
0: just get a new, we just buy a new engine and the car just goes twice as fast as it did last time.
1: Okay. Right.
0: Right. And so every year we look like the best car company on earth. Right. Because we're just (laughs) doubling the speed every two years. Okay. That's that. I mean, if you think about that, how amazing, how easy would it be to make really a really great car if the speed of the car is doubling every two years? So. And and that is the level of progress that's been happening for thirty years. It's really really amazing. Until, well, I'll, I'll get I'll get to that. But I think what it's led to is that on the software side of things, a lot of good people have made a lot of good software for a long time. But I do think that for a lot of years, there was this. You could you would get bailed out every year. Like if your software wasn't great, just wait. Two years and all of a sudden all the hardware is better and then you can like like whatever you were doing before, it all just it all just works and it's faster and it's uh you know, it has I'm more gonna, features and stuff.
1: I'm going to posit um a, oh is the word would the word be a corollary? Yeah. What's sure. a corollary? Well I,
0: well I wouldn't know I don't I don't know until you
1: Oh. I'm gonna posit a A Corollary, corollary. would yeah. be
0: like Um, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but, (laughs) you know, so like, like I had this experience and I went to the bank and something happened. Yeah. Um, and so a corollary is like, okay, so this like other person was like going to a different, to a grocery store. Yeah. And it's, it is a, it's a story that has, it's similar, but is in like a different place.
1: Oh, well, whatever. I'm going to pose a different idea. Uh I'm I'm going to put a little... A wrench in the works here for just a moment mm-hmm. before you move on. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I mean, I was doing design work and usability work and so on during a portion of this doubling, uh, d- during this Moore's Law timeframe. And one of the things that would happen is because there was this capability that was increasing at such a rapid pace um it often led to a lot of new software capabilities that were also poorly designed because they were being done so quickly and so you know like all of a sudden you know graphical user interfaces were possible Right. Yeah. And, and and they were getting better and that was every like, year. Yeah. And then you could use lots, lots of colors. And, you know, there was like there was this constant um, increase in what you could do on the software side.
0: So you got feature bloat.
1: You did. You you got crazy bloat. You got <laughs> you got, you know, people because also back then um, you didn't have very many usability people or UX people or or really even designers and the programmers and developers were doing the interfaces and you know they weren't trained in necessarily doing it in a way that made it user friendly they were they were actually I mean having fun and and exploring right and so you could get some horrendous stuff back then well this is exactly my point oh
0: no you're you're a you're a hundred percent right you're a hundred percent right we we are we are in agreement Okay, Um, and so what's happened in the last, um,
1: I can give you the year according to Wikipedia.
0: Oh yeah. Give me the, give me the, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it was Sandy Bridge, which was when I was in, you know, like 2008 ish.
1: Well the the date that wikipedia says is that the rate of change changed, changed <laughs> um ar- around 2012.
0: oh that makes the yeah, okay sure i could see that yeah oh uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so so that so sandy bridge that's right i bought i bought that when it just came out college so that was like 2010. what is and- sandy bridge um well we'll get to sandy bridge sandy okay. bridge was a was a form of intel processing oh, okay. so we'll we'll get we'll get to that okay but but what happened it was right around that time yeah um the cpu market for the first time in 30 years stopped getting better yeah um now we'll again i'll talk a lot more about it but it not on the not not so much on the mobile side but really really only on the uh on the desktop side
1: what about the laptop
0: it ...mixed. Okay. Um, and so, so what in my, in my experience, what I think happened is all of a sudden, you're, you're, you, you didn't just get... Like, things weren't just magically getting better. And so if you wanted to have a better experience, you actually had to focus on the software. and mm. I, And I think that's one of the reasons why in the last 10 years, we've seen this huge UX boom, the focus on software people switching to oh yeah we should like you know software as a service like it's all about the software 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 because
1: um, that was the place where change could happen
0: yes exactly because because things had stalled on the hardware side so that this this is my theory and that's that's what i
1: well I also well that's interest that's an interesting theory i mean because it I mean, first of all, if you wanted, so if if things have stalled, if things were stalling on the hardware side, yeah, then you're, you know, and and yet you wanted to, you know, make some money and have a competitive advantage, you know, it had to be done on the software part because you weren't going to get too many places on the hardware part, right? But also, it would it would uh, another reason might direct be direct resources. Well, it, but it, it also got it also gave some breathing room. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if thing, when yeah. things were changing so quickly hardware-wise and then capabilities, right, mm-hmm. then the software that was being developed and the interfaces that were being developed were being developed to to take advantage of the new hardware. And so you never got to perfect what you were doing. So <laughs> it yeah. was like, okay, no, now we can do this. And so it, it, there wasn't a chance to to catch up. When things slowed down on the hardware side, I think it gave – us all more time to, you know, do a better job on the interface, start to, you know, really focus on standards, on the best way to do it, and, and so on. So that probably also came into play. That's interesting, except, except that during this time period, let's say from 2012 till now, there's been enormous change in the whole, you know, mobile and app. Well, area. let me...
0: Yeah, let me let me just say briefly about why there was a slowdown and what was Because okay. slow- some stuff hasn't been slowing down. Okay. Only some and so maybe you'll see some patterns. Okay. I, I don't Go know. Ahead. You can tell me if you if, if things are clicking. Okay. So the reason that Moore's Law exists for the most part is because of what's called die shrink. Okay. So there's these things called processor nodes and it's not an exact science and some, but, but there's, there's a certain, you know, they, I don't know if you've heard about like the, the 14 nanometer process. No. So there's a way that you can measure the width of a transistor gate in, in, in size. And as many as transistor manufacturing technology got better and better and better. Yeah. Um, that size, they were able to reduce it. Mm -hmm. And when you reduce the size of a transistor, two things happen. Well, I guess three things happen. Two good, one bad. The first thing that happens is that you can put more transistors in the same space, right? Like, if you have a a 1,000 transistors in a one-by-one unit square,
1: well, and then is, you make that, the transistors half Moore's as big. law, right?
0: Yeah, if you make it half as big, well, you have twice as much room. Yeah. So so that's that's the first that's the first part is that when you do when you shrink um you can, you know, you 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 can have more transistors in the same area. Okay. That's one. Two, when you do a shrink it actually gets cheaper to manufacture okay. because um, you uh, because the, as transistors get smaller they're actually easier to make
1: because
0: right. they're smaller and you can make a lot of them really fast and manufacturing technology has become a lot better so it gets cheaper alright mm-hmm. the third is, is that when transistors get smaller um, for the most part they become more power
1: efficient okay they use less power
0: well to get the same amount of stuff done right if that makes sense mm-hmm. so whenever you do a a uh when whenever you shrink to a to a smaller process generally it's considered because the because you don't you don't shrink by half like for example they go from like 22 nanometer to 14
1: okay
0: so it's not so okay. It's not, so it's it not be, by half. Okay. Yeah. But usually when that happens, I think you you get somewhere between forty and sixty percent. Okay. Now right. that means you can make it go forty to sixty percent faster. You can, or or you, or when I say faster, I mean you can calculate forty to sixty percent more stuff. Mm-hmm. You can make it forty to sixty percent smaller, mm-hmm. or you you can make it like you know, or you could you could make it like thirty percent you know, faster and 20% more power efficient. Like, mm-hmm. right. Like you get to like play with those three things, power efficiency, right. um, processing power and size. Okay. So if you just keep the same size, then yeah. you you get this doubling every two years. Yeah. So th- things have been obviously been working out really nicely. Um, what, what, th- th- but there are a couple of problems. The first is, is that, you know, just, just because it's more efficient, you're still, it still has a lot of heat. So think about having like a heated blanket. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little warm all over. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then fold the blanket in half.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
0: it's a little hotter okay, fold that in half and then fold it in half like eight more times, Yeah, right? It's like, okay, all right, getting a little warm, you know, you gotta put a cooler on it. Okay, well just keep, <laughs> you know, just keep folding it in half, um, <laughs> you know? And what, what starts to happen is like, it starts to get really, really hot as you get smaller and smaller and smaller. And heat is not good for electronics. You don't want electronics operating at super, super high heats, mm-hmm. or the silicon, silicon-based modern electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, they get uh, things get less stable, and you start to get voltage leak, and there's just it, it, weird stuff happens. So, what, hap- what what what's been happening is a couple things. Basically. You can't shrink forever. You can't just keep making the transistor smaller and smaller and smaller because eventually you start running into quantum problems. So transistors right now, we'll just say they're on, they've been on the, so on the desktop side, Intel, they've been on the 14 nanometer process for like five or six years now, Mm -hmm. seven years. It's been a long time. And this is a company that's been doing, they've been cutting their transistor size in half for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So like, this is the first time they've ever run into a wall. That's hmm. so a really big deal. And they run into a wall because of quantum. It's actually due to quantum effects.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fascinating. I mean, I love the whole quantum thing. I don't, I mean, I'm not a physicist, but what kind of quantum effects are they running into on the, okay. on the tubes? Um, He's typing.
0: I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. So, um,
1: I mean, this is not, we're going to have to bring this back, Guthrie, to, you know, The human angle. But I can't resist finding out about the quantum stuff.
0: Um, (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Basically, at at some point, there's always been a theoretical limit. Because once you get down to, like, what happens when you get down to a single atom?
1: Yeah, I don't know what.
0: We can't go any smaller than an atom.
1: Well, you can. There's quarks, aren't there? There's a uh, electrons and no, protons. no, no, no.
0: Yeah, but if you split the atom,
1: <laughs> you get a nuclear reaction.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I seem to remember something about that. Do you, Do you mean we? You mean our computers are going to be nuclear missiles?
0: Uh no. So that's okay. So that's 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 one of one of the things. Okay. Um
1: so they're running into quantum problems.
0: My my understanding and I was I was really trying to make Not sure Not go here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just trying to make sure I did this correctly. Okay. Um So Okay, so I, I found a little thing here. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a, transistors work with a gate.
1: Okay.
0: And that, and the gate creates a current
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you can f- flow through zero or one. Mm-hmm. So, but when it gets really, really small, mm-hmm. um, the gate starts to leak, mm. and so you have current flowing out. Mm. Um. And I really thought. I really thought it's because of. Um, quantum uh yeah yes I really I really think it is um, leakage but yes it is okay I finally found it sorry I'm sorry audience so leakage yeah is called a elect- Uh, it's like electric leakage it's a quantum phenomenon so electrons Mm
2: -hmm.
0: when you when you start getting gates that are so tiny Mm -hmm. electrons actually tunnel through an insulating region
2: okay using
1: sure i can i can get that
0: right so it's like it's like we're to the point right so so you know um, they like about a gate, are, yeah yeah think think about it's almost like um it's almost like a uh, kind of like a um like a barge like a river barge
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there's high walls on each side mm-hmm. well when the walls get so thin
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you get these random anomalies where electrons do quantum tunneling that's and so
1: g- interesting
0: that the walls are so small that quantum effects take over okay and and then the electrons leak out.
1: And then what happens?
0: Well, when when things leak out, it creates heat. Okay. Um so so it drains like the terminals. Okay. Um and so there are there are so leakage really is one of is one of the big reasons that Why Moore's we're Law slowing has, down? has has run into stuff. Because hmm. because if you keep cramming be, what's happened is is that because of leakage, so let's say you're running at five megahertz gigahertz. Okay? Megahertz, five hertz, doesn't really matter, right? Let's just say so you're running at five gigahertz. Okay. If you take that and you cut it in half, the leakage gets worse. Yeah, and so if you're running at five gigahertz, and you make on something really really small, unless you're doing a really good job, and doing a bunch of other stuff, you're gonna get a lot of leakage. Yeah. And so what you have to do is you have to run at a lower frequency. So even though Moore's law, has been, has has been working and stuff has been getting smaller. Yeah. In the past, you could, if let's say you were running at two gigahertz. Well. You do Moore's law, you cut the size in half, and you still run at two gigahertz. Mm -hmm. The problem that's been happening over the last five or six, eight years is that they haven't been able to keep those clock speeds as high Hmm. as they used to be because of heat and quantum leakage. So so that was the first thing that they ran into. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: The next thing they ran into was a thing called EUV. Or, um, is it, it's called, yeah, EUV, or also known as EUVL, stands for Extreme Ultraviolet Lithography.
2: Hmm.
0: So right now, the way they, the way they make transistors is really cool. You basically, it's almost, it's almost kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch, where you burn out these little patterns. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a terrible oversimplification. But you burn out patterns, and then you immerse the stuff, and then you put the stuff where the patterns are burned out. Okay. And it just requires a very, very fine level of precision.
2: hmm
0: Well, right now, the wavelengths that they're using are 124 nanometers. Okay. Well, we're right now, we're at like 14 nanometers. Right. So if the wave, so so the wavelengths are like bigger than the things that they're creating, huh? And and there are a lot of ways that you can make that work, but at the end of the day, um, and the you know the fourteen nanometer doesn't mean that every part is fourteen nanometers. It's a width of something. So you so the actual things are larger. But the the point is is that, um. The the next technology, uses a much higher wavelength that's extreme ultraviolet Mm -hmm. and then and so the size of that laser is only 10 nanometers Mm -hmm. so you can make more finer delicate parts with more precision okay so euv has been on the radar for like 20 years yeah and by the way it's the same reason it's it's the same reason as blu-rays so like cds yeah use a big fat infrared like laser okay and it's big and fat and then dvds use a smaller red laser and you can force so you can fit more more data on them and then blu-rays use a blue laser right as you as you move up the energy spectrum the the size gets smaller so that's why blu-rays hold more data because you're using like literally it's a blue laser Mm -hmm. if that makes sense i mean it's not probably not literally blue but or maybe it is. I'm not. I don't know enough about Blu-ray tech. And so, so this change, this is going to al- al- unlock the next step. But I don't want to get into EUV because it's a little too complicated, techie. But the point is, it's really, really hard to do. So, for all those reasons, yeah. Um, Intel, which is the big boy when it comes to making chips, has been stuck on the 14 nanometer process for years. Um and they actually said that they were going to do a uh, they were going to jump down to like um 10 nanometer like 4 or 5 years ago. That's when like everything would be jump and they still haven't. Hmm. And they're just stuck. Hmm. And so they've tried their best to catch up in other ways. Um but it's really really hard to do. And so on the on the getting back to the original, you know, premise for those reasons Um, computer desktop chips have really not gotten much faster over the last number of years. Okay. The thing they have gotten is they've gotten more cores. So, but that doesn't necessarily make any individual process faster. Right. So uh, think of it this way. Um, imagine that you're trying, that you're at a tractor pull.
1: Well, I know what a tractor pull is because I live in rural Wisconsin. Okay, imagine but I don't uh, know that everybody will know what a tractor pull is. Okay,
0: was, okay, better, better example. <laughs> imagine that you're trying to plow a field.
1: Yeah. Again, right? I know about this because I live in hey, central Wisconsin. Go ahead. All right, you're you trying got a to horse, plow a field. You got
0: a horse hitched he, up to a a horse to like, hitched up like to a, a plow. Yeah, like the ye old Amish yes. time stuff. Okay. Yes. So. The horse kind of plods its way across the field, yes. and it takes like a minute to do a row. Yes, just say right. If you have eight horses,
1: you can get eight you can do
0: eight rows at a time. Right. So you're working faster,
1: but not really.
0: But any given row is, is going faster. is is not faster, and that's a lot in the over the last like I would say ten years or more than ten years. That's what's happened in desktop CPUs. So it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but it's essentially true. Um, the there are more cores than ever before. Yeah. So if you're if you have a workload that uses multiple cores, so for example, video rendering or software that can take advantage of multiple cores,
1: it'll go, it'll go faster. You could, but that's you could, because there's more than one of them.
0: Yeah. Imagine imagine if you have eight plows. Right, you're gonna, and you need to do a whole field. That works really well when you have eight horses. (laughs) Right, but if you only have three horses, having eight plows doesn't help you go any faster. Right. So what's been so what's been happening is, you know, they ran out of they they couldn't make one core faster anymore. And so then they're like, okay, we'll put in two cores, we'll put in four cores, we'll put in six cores, we'll put in eight cores. And the software is kind of caught up to distribute, wor- you know, workloads across those cores. But sometimes, it sometimes it, it's not. And so, just because you have all those cores isn't actually making your computer faster,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. you don't have anything to run on them. Mm-hmm. So just because you have the plows doesn't mean you're actually doing any fast going any faster. Okay. Does that does that analogy make sense? Yes. So. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's been happening over the last number of years. And so on the desktop side, I guess if you're like encoding videos or something, you know, you're doing like some sort of really like rendering, like you need a lot of CPU power.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Things have kind of gotten a little faster because there are more cores. But for the everyday, you know, web browsing, opening up a...
1: Right, checking my email... Uh, no,
0: no, for sure. That the switch over to solid state drives have made things feel faster a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I should tell you that the one of the big industries that has not run into this problem has been the graphics card industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they haven't exactly kept up with Moore's law. They've slowed down a little bit, but um, and I and that's gets complicated for a whole lot. But for a whole lot of reasons, essentially the number of you know, the number of frame rates, you know, number of frames that a graphics card can render in, like, a video game, mm-hmm. maybe it's not every two years, but, like, at least it's, like, uh, maybe every three. Like, it's getting twice as fast. Like, that's every why three our years.
1: graphics are getting better. Yeah, exactly,
0: bad. exactly. So so on the graphics side, like, that's why, like, video game producers are just throwing in more effects because mm-hmm. there's just more horsepower year over year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then on the mobile side... So, you know how I was saying that they they haven't been able to keep the clock speeds
1: up?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's not a big deal on the mobile side. Because the whole point is you're trying to keep the clock speeds low to save battery power. Oh. So, that combined with the fact that graphics have gotten a lot better. You know, f- your, your phone isn't a whole lot more powerful than older phones. But... It's considerably better because the graphics have been getting have been doubling year over year. And um those type of phones, they don't run Intel chips. They don't run X eighty six, they run ARM X sixty four chips. And those have those just the whole point of um so so th- uh, the the think of it this way. Um X x80- 84 x86 chips which are like your normal intel desktop chips chips the whole point is okay we have one pipe it's crazy fast and we're just gonna blow through stuff at a very fast rate that's kind of like the base of x86 x64 which is like a mobile chip is like we have a couple of pipes, and they're all really slow, but hmm. that's okay because they're very efficient and hmm. they're very slow. So that's why on a phone, it's perfect for a phone because you don't, you know, you don't need to calculate stuff super fast. You know, it's a phone. You just you want to do the best job you can as efficiently as possible. So you, so phones have been getting better battery life as phone tech has gotten better. So that's why I think you've seen a lot of advancement in the mobile space, a lot of advancement in you know like the video game space. <sighs> and I'm sorry this took so long to explain. I really am.
1: Well all right, so what does this mean about where we're headed and, and, and the implications for for design and UX and UI?
0: Yeah, so so we've had we have had this couple years where you know, hard you know, if you if you switch from a hard drive to a solid state, obviously that changes your life cuz everything so much you know loads so much faster. But software hasn't really been able to go a whole lot faster. Um you know, browsers haven't been able to work a whole lot faster. I mean, they've obviously been doing tips and tricks. Yeah, well, But it hasn't then, been doubling.
1: Well, when we've also been I mean, we're limited by, you know, issues of bandwidth and
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So well well one of the reason I wanted to do this is that Intel just had a very, very big Intel is kind of like they're like a dog in a corner. Like they're 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 like there's been a lot of negative press. They've been kind of under a lot of competition from their competitor, AMD. And they just had a very, very big press conference where they unveiled a bunch of stuff. And the first thing that they unveiled was they unveiled a brand new, I'll just say chip design. It's a horrible oversimplification. And it's really the first one in a bunch of years. And so It's the first time in a lot of years that the plow is going to go faster. So not only is, have they done that, they also, um, it looks like they finally figured out EUV Okay. and which means that they'll finally be able to do a, to, to move to a a smaller nanometer design like they've been doing for forever. So finally, so so it's not you know that's one right you, but 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 also what what they're what they're what they've been doing, is they're going to start, three D, CPU designs. Chip designs. They've always they've had um what they call two point five D before. Where it was like. It was basically one layer. And then they sprinkled some stuff on the top sometimes, like memory. It's like they call it two point five D. But for the first time, they're going to start stacking components in three dimensions.
1: So what does that
0: do for us? That unlocks more all over again. Really? Yes. So this, so this, the switch just to EU. Sorry, not EUV. Um, Yeah, EUV. The switch to EUV, that'll get you maybe another three die shrinks. Mm -hmm. So that's that's like 10 years of Moore's Law right there. Plus the fact that they're switching to a a new process, that'll kind of catch up. So, you know, because, you know, the thing with Moore is that there's been hills and valleys in Moore's Law. Like, it's been very consistent, but it's not like literally every 24 months it doubled. Like, sometimes it was ahead, sometimes it was behind. Yeah. And so it's been behind for a lot of years. looks like it was slowing down. I think it's going to catch up a lot. All right,
1: let's talk about this. And then with the 3D,
0: even after you get to the point where it's like, where transistors are only a couple of atoms wide, or one atom wide, and you just literally can't go any smaller... Yeah. You can start stacking you don't need to cram more transistors into a smaller space because you can start stacking vertically. Like right right now, all the transistors have been in on a flat plane. Right, right. But if you can start stacking vertically, all of a sudden to double the transistors in a certain thing, you just need to be able to add another layer. And so like that gets starts getting really interesting. So So it's back.
1: So what all right, so what are the implications for software and, and interfaces? So
0: that's you know, and that's why I wanted to get your opinion.
1: Because <laughs> wait a minute. I thought you were gonna tell me. You wanna get my opinion. Well,
0: yeah, I mean you're the you're the UX person. So but I was just I had this grand theory about why we've seen this cause this surge in UX. Um or or perhaps in the importance of quality UX. Um but Once Moore's law, if Moore's law kicks in again at full speed for another 20 years, like all of that UX stuff is just going to drop by the wayside because all of a sudden AR stuff like, you know, like you talk about, oh, we had like graphic user interfaces and like everyone was scrambling to like mash stuff together. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, if you unlock like really crazy augmented reality experiences. Yeah. That are like low power and just are super smooth and all that kind of stuff. If you unlock, like, I mean, who knows what technologies are gonna unlock? But you know, stuff um, stuff starts to render instantly, or you can like automatically. You're you're able to like uh, generate, you know, animations in real time of like real of people who look real. All right, real.
1: all right. So off the cuff now, now that you've gave me no preparation for this. Yeah. I'll just give you some off the cuff what I think that would mean for UX and UI. How's that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the que the gets the question is, does it are, are will UI take a back seat once all of a sudden everyone gets really excited
2: about all the well, new ca- features and think. capabilities? Okay,
1: here's what I think. So there have been some things that that I feel from a UI UX perspective. You know, you, you and I, when we give talks and stuff, we've been telling people, you know, watch out for this and you better be ready for this. And, you know, unless you're about to retire, then this is in your future. Right. So there's been a bunch of things that we've been talking about that seem like we've been talking about them for like three years. And they're still not like, it's not advancing very fast. Um, so if you're, a UX person in a large, you know, Fortune 1000 company, you're not you're not doing AR, you're not doing VR, you're not doing maybe even much voice, you're not doing artificial intelligence, UX stuff. You're doing the same old UX stuff, um, and so if indeed the we can the the pace of change increases. Then that will become more likely that that you will be doing some of these things. So that's one thing I would say. Another thing I would say is that yes, I absolutely believe whenever technology takes a huge leap, um, uh, the the people in charge uh, get very excited, and UX and usability and UI and design. Uh, falls by the wayside in the rush to make use of the technology, because um, for whatever reason, the people with the power and the people with the money um, take the tech over the human. I, I actually, it's it's interesting that we would come to this, or maybe this is why I have it on my mind, because I was actually thinking about doing a podcast on that topic. Um, why, why is that so? Right? But it does seem to be so. So uh, I would say that we will probably see a lot of new stuff coming out that where we seem to have taken a step backwards in terms of the interface and the interactions and the user experience for a while, um, while the technology kind of blooms and blossoms And then I guess the other thing I would say, and the other thing I would hope, I think, I hope this, I think this is a good thing, is that people will start to tackle more the design, the whole space of design tools that has been, has been improving, but doesn't change at a breakneck speed. So... You know, if you're a designer, if you're a UX person, you know, if you're prototyping an experience, the tools you have to do that, you know, some of them are pretty good these days, but it's still kind of clunky and uh, I'd like to see that improve. And then I guess I got to go back to, um, you know, my... I know one of the, sometimes when I give, when we give the talk on the future of human computer interaction and you think I get really dark, you know, I'll have to go back to some of that in that, um, I think that if with increased capacity, we will, um, the, the design of stuff will become something that humans are less and less involved in. Which I think endangers the, or maybe not endangers the role of the UX person, but certainly changes the role of the UX person. For you know, if you can have AI create the interfaces, and you don't need humans to do that, you know, you have an, then you have an interesting role for for UX, which I think is still there, because I don't think that machines can deal with the emotional aspect and I think as humans we're very emotional beings but that's probably the topic of another podcast episode anyway that's what I would say do you have anything to say about that you're very quiet all of a sudden
0: I mean well I first of all I felt bad for talking so much about all the hardware stuff so wanna really This is
1: your way of making it's just, an apology. It's so complicated. I was just trying to explain no, it. it's all right. It's all right. It was interesting. I didn't know about it. Um, so,
0: I mean, I think, I think one of the big things that'll happen that you'll yeah. start to see is, um, one of the first technologies that's going to get unlocked yeah. with this new power. Yeah uh but both on the cpu side but also on the gpu side i mean for a long for you know it used to be that you really everyone needed like a desktop computer to get work done yeah do you remember when that was kind of how things were that's still true
1: well you know a lot of people (laughs) i know i'm teasing
0: yeah right but it's like well you don't really need a desktop you can just get like a laptop laptop right yeah, and that that can be your daily driver and yeah. it can do everything you need. Or, you know, hey, even like a phone. The the Apple computer where the where the girl on the grass is like, what's a computer?
2: Right. It's
0: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've seen that commercial. Yes. Um so like and and to a large part that's kind of been true because laptops caught up so much with a desktop. Right. But but with this new with the new tech coming. Do
1: you think the desktops will become a That
0: may change. It's possible that, you know, cuz back in the day, like a laptop was like what? A third the power of a desktop. Yeah. Like you just like you could you literally couldn't do a whole lot in a laptop. Right. And obviously laptops and phone capabilities have gotten a lot better, but desktop capabilities like would you say like obviously like I built your desktop for you.
1: Yes, thank it's you. It's a great machine. Thank you for doing that.
0: I mean, is it ten times better than your last machine? I I don't.
1: No, I don't
2: it's think not ten so. times better. No, you know, and it's, it's is it twice. Ten... Is it
0: twice as better? Maybe not quite. And your old machine was like ten years old. Yeah. So like you know right so so it's like yeah it's doubled maybe over the course of like a decade. Not every two but, years but like go, it's
1: supposed to But go to. back to the to the one what, what what are your comments though about the UX UI part? Well, all the of a sudden part. I
0: think I think you might see um desktop PCs unlock this whole new level yeah, of performance yeah, because I can see that. now all of a Because what if what if your desktop was again two or three more times more powerful than your laptop? Like what does that unlock? And I right. think the first big tech that's gonna unlock is some really interesting rendering tech. Yeah. Yeah. So which might um,
1: then translate into some interesting design tools. So, like for example,
0: um, I just as a hypothetical, yeah. Imagine that you are. Let, let's just let's just say just 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 for a just throwing it out there, okay? All uh, who right. knows if this is actually true, but you're designing a website and you need a stock photo. Yeah. Um. Like. Why couldn't your computer in real time just generate some stock photos yeah. for you? Right. Um I don't I don't know if you've seen uh just this week uh there's some cool new tech from NVIDIA where AI is kind of automatically generating human faces. Yeah. And it's basically photorealistic. Like yeah. if you told me yeah. it was just a photo, so I, could, I, I wouldn't so know. So I
1: could I could I could piece together my own stock photography. Yeah, you have of, a little
0: slider and you want, okay, yeah, I want I, colorful and happy.
1: Right. I as w- you're like
0: designing stuff right. and like in real time, it's rendering an entire right. website with custom pictures just for you that, that are being dynamically generated and it would have like the horsepower to do that.
1: And and uh, easily create uh, and play with animations. Like yeah, right, um, right uh, so, there quickly.
0: So the next the next step from that is I'm creating um, a user interface, but not on for a website, but for an AR or even even on a website. Like you could have like, why are websites two dimensional?
1: Yeah.
0: Why are they not three dimensional experiences? Right. Uh, well, it's because we don't have the hardware to do that. But imagine if you could if you're rendering a three dimensional kind of like e store experience. Yeah. In real time yes. at a very high quality. This is good.
1: I think you, you know right. like
0: that like all the all that kind of new stuff just gets gets unlocked um, so
1: wh- when are we gonna be able to do this
0: <laughs> next year starting Christmas 2019 um, no um, well I think so so uh, the new I mean you know like everything with Moore's law it's a process right if you can't do it this year yeah well, you wait two years and yeah. then that doubles Um. So, twenty. You know, Intel is going to ship their new chips in twenty nineteen. I think they're going to be a lot faster.
1: All right, but when are they going to do the three D chips?
0: I I think twenty
1: nineteen.
0: Oh, okay. May, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but like, I thought, um, I like, I I think that's like the. I mean, maybe maybe that's wrong. Maybe may okay. Maybe it's not twenty. It's going to be probably the shrink. But I would say I would see the thing is is that it's it's just that we're back on Moore's law. So exactly when it's going to be?
1: So someone listening out here should should be thinking about a startup for for some of these new uh, design tools.
0: Yeah, here I can I can give you an estimate. So the first three D chips will be available in 2019 okay. which is next year which is like that's yeah, you know and it. so yeah. so you might see a doubling of computer and compute performance just on those because it's been st- it just to catch us back up to more like i said right because like intel has been developing this for a long time but they just haven't been released so you know maybe we, you know might jump might be a doubling next year so it'll take two years for the software to kind of catch up to that. So that's 2021. So
1: somebody better be working on this and getting ready. And then. Adobe. Microsoft.
0: Well, and then two years for maybe like for everyone else's machine to catch up. Yeah. In performance. Right. It's not that long. Right. Yeah. 2024, 2025.
1: Okay. Someone, Um, someone listening, get on it.
0: So, yeah. So I got an opportunity. I wanted to see some new
1: design tools.
0: But are you worried that it's like the death of UX? No. Everyone's going to get...
1: No, it's not the death of UX.
0: You think it's too late? UX has like taken a a foothold?
1: I think if we use this new technology to create new design tools, I think, you know, you just said, what about a 3D design? What about a 3D internet experience? I think that, I mean, someone's got to create it. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to in you know do the the on demand uh, animations and on demand quote stock unquote photography. Um, I think that the, yes, I think in some areas there will be. Let's let me put it this way: we will have two different opportunities. On one hand, there will be tech stuff that'll just take off on its own without UX and without UI and without usability. And uh, without the human aspect, because people will get too excited about the technology and they'll just go for a while. But I think we also um, have the possibility of s- some people grabbing onto the capability and saying, let's use this to improve design. And then I think that will be a set of tools for UX people and that will keep UX alive. So. But I, but someone's got to grab onto it and say, let's go, let's go create some great tools. So there you go. I'm, I'm laying down. What's that called? Laying down the gauntlet? No. What? Throwing. Throwing down the gauntlet. The challenge. Someone out there, go with this.
0: And, and I should say that all this stuff is going to hit mobile first. So even though eventually it will really ramp up PC stuff, um, The I mean we've seen laptops get a lot better. Yeah, but I
1: think that I think based on what you said, I think the whole, I think the whole idea of even what a desktop is, is going to change, and so I think we need to be thinking about um, design spaces and. I I understand what you're saying about mobile but that's not wh- I don't think that's where the power is going to be not for a design.
0: No, but but I it's it is there is there there seems to always be a benefit to being plugged into a wall with a lot of heat dissipation in a big box. <laughs> like like at a certain like at a certain point yeah. um you know you just you need you need more you know the you space. Just, yeah. Well, hey, if battery tech gets a lot better, then maybe that lead will shrink. But-
1: yeah, but I think you uh, yeah, yeah, and maybe it's not even so much the size of the box, but you're going to need you you're going to want a good a a fair amount of room to design in. And I don't think we're always going to be designing for tiny little screens.
2: Yeah. So
0: yeah, well I hey I just want to say one more thing that's amazing about laptop what? chip design what so the the beefiest like CPUs in the world yeah and GPUs they use we'll call it we'll call it, you know maybe it's like 300 200 watts something like that okay um the uh, the uh, like a, a regular i7 you know i9 high end intel not like super crazy chip but just like a regular high yeah. end intel chip uses about 125 watts of electricity okay you know so if you think of like a 100 watt old school 100 watt light bulb when they yeah. were really 100 watts not yeah. like the new like led in right. quote 100 watts that only uses 4 watts all right so so it's like 125 watts right so that's like kind of a lot of power um a middle of the road desktop cpu uses about 65 watts okay 85 watts 65 watts like your i5s your i3s mm-hmm. something like that maybe maybe 45 watts on some of the newer ones um uh a kind of an Ultrabook that mm-hmm. uses like a mobile
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, like a high-end mobile chip mm-hmm. that uses about 14 watts
2: mm-hmm.
0: to run like the graphics end the processor,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like the fact that you can get any performance out of 14 watts is amazing. And then on like the, uh, like the super, like crazy thin stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it uses four watts. Mm. Like the fact that you can even run windows on something using four watts is just always just boggles my mind. And some of the, and then and then the mobile chips use even less. Hmm. So for, for like uh, cell phones and stuff, well, for like really low powered and stuff. So it's, you would think that like, there's no reason why a desktop CPU that uses like 10 times as much power, it really should be 10 times faster. Yeah. And it's not because of the, uh, of all the limitations that I've laid out today in way too much detail. That
1: but, we are going to overcome.
0: But, but yeah, but if you overcome it, just, like, if you're using a... Me- like, it really should be 10 times faster, um, at least in terms of performance power. So, like, that would, I mean, it's just, that would just be amazing if that happens. So, but I'm just amazed with what they can do with so little. I really like my laptop.
1: Well, I'm... I, um, I miss... You know. I'm glad. I'm glad Moore's laws coming back in.
0: We we use Lenovo laptops.
1: We do. You want to do a plug for our laptops?
0: Uh, yeah. We got these great little yoga books, and um, they use they use the I believe it's sixth generation uh, mobile uh, Intel chips. And it, the crime is that literally, even though we're using sixth generation, the um, the mobile graphics in the sixth generation is exactly the same as in the ninth generation. That's how much Intel has stalled. Hmm. So we're basically using top-of-the-line stuff today. Oh, even though we got it it I,
1: I will say it is a good laptop. It's light- oh, it's f- lightweight and it has been extremely reliable. We've had these things not quite two years, but it'll...
0: Not a single th- flaw. And I sh- I bring it up because I recently got my old MacBook Pro out <laughs> <laughs> that I used in law school. Yeah. And I opened it for the first time in a lot of years and I was like, whoa, like <laughs> it looks like a 17 inch machine. It weighs like six pounds. It just, it's huge. It's huge. Um, so that's,
1: <laughs> I was yeah, just like. And what are we going to, I have one. Like but.
0: in my head, it felt about the same
1: size. Yeah, but it's not. And it's just, just <laughs> like this like
0: massive machine. Um, <laughs> I was just like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> hey guthrie uh thank you for the lesson
0: uh I'm, i to to all the people listening i'm sorry i no. really apologize
1: i think um, it was interesting and i learned a lot and uh now i understand why why we should uh be looking for changes coming up in the near future and i'm yeah and i'm glad also to have you back because we yeah, I, I was um, for, for all for all those for, a while.
0: for all those listening. Uh, I had um, the, there was someone in my life who went through hospice and passed, so I was I was uh, help helping um, take care of them and take care of the people around yeah. them for uh, a number of months. So uh, I I'm, I'm hopefully there'll be more solo Susan episodes. I, I heard I heard nothing but good stuff about that. Yeah, I did so, a solo
1: Susan episode while you were people, gone.
0: Yeah, people really like that
1: and. Uh, I can do more of those, although. But I like doing these with you. <laughs> all right.
0: I, I had to get I had to get like six months of nerdy tech things out, out of the way all, 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 right. all at once. All
1: right, very good. You got you got rid of it. We can go back to normal now.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, and uh, Guthrie. Yes. If
1: people want to get hold of us, they can email us at
0: info at the dot Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good to have you back, Bye. Guthrie. Bye. Bye.